Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Well, good morning, everybody. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that a pile? It's a pile. Praise the Lord. You think I'm going to talk about the bookstore, but I'm not really, but I sort of am. Amen. Uh, before we go there, next Sunday when Chariots of Light is here for the morning service, we're going to have a faithless lunch after. So bring a dish to share with a friend, and then we'll have some time to fellowship with them after. Amen? Amen. So don't forget, we'll have announcements out there. Now, I have noticed that there are a couple of buildings that were being constructed near where we live. And I know this, that somebody was holding the master plan. Things haven't been built as quickly as I thought they would, and it's completely sold out. Here's another interesting thing, and uh, actually Denny would probably know this better than I would. When they first planned this building and made estimates as to what would be required and how to make a cost for that building, that was before lumber became gold. And so, some of these buildings have now got slowed in the process because they're all sold with the lower price lumber. So I think that that would probably, if you wanted advice on that, you could ask Denny. <laughs> but I'm right. This would be trouble, right? He says, yes. Yes, it would be trouble. But God knows what's going to happen ahead of time, not men planners. Aren't you glad? We have heard a lot about faith already today. I didn't talk to Pastor Jason before Sunday, or, well, we are always talking about faith, but I didn't say, you better teach on thus and so, and we better go this way. And I don't talk to the worship leaders and say, you better sing this song. I don't do that. I might say, don't sing that one, but I, I don't. <laughs> you know, there's times when you think, what in the world were they thinking when they wrote that song? Praise God. Just like we never get in the flesh either, right? Mm, praise the Lord. Where are we going? We're, we're going somewhere. I know. It's funny. So about uh, five and a half, six years ago, God started this thing because he has a plan. And he started with some things. He did. He did. He did. He did. This is where he started. Don't take the bait. There's another... A sermon set, and it was about uh, the enemy. It was six, six lessons. But this one, don't take the bait. Talking about the schemes of the enemy. Thank you. Pastor Shalane said it took her, uh, changed her life. This one, no big deal. Yes, that's our Abby on the front. Learning how to go through the storms of life. Interesting. This is real. Talking about faith and living it. Mm-hmm. Magnify, talking about the glory of God. This was a progressive set through the last few years. A few singles, going, going, gone. That's the devil. And you are here because you can't move forward till you know where your starting point is. I'll leave them there. Someone really wants to receive him, 
there they are. Anytime. <laughs> That's all right. They were a foundation before we got today to today. Because he's a master planner. I didn't know what last year would bring. But we had prophecies. We've had words. And they've come to pass. Run and get them. There's like several. Can I have more than one? God always says you can have what you want. <laughs> now you see that's how that works. <laughs> you can be blessed, amen. God's a wise master builder. He's a wise master builder. He knew what needed to go into our foundation so we would not be moved regardless of situation or circumstance that would take place. Now, at that time, when we were talking about no storms and going through storms, we, we thought, well, the storms we're in seemed pretty big. <laughs> Somebody had trouble paying their light bill, and it was, you know, under $100 or something like that. We thought, well, that's a pretty big deal. I felt like a big deal. Felt like a big deal. How am I going to pay my rent this month? We weren't thinking, how long are we going to have to wear masks? And two weeks became a year and a half. Nobody was thinking that at that time. But God is a wise master builder. Emphasis on the word wise and then on master. Amen. Those two words will save your life. Wise, be wise, and remember who your master is. Amen. I found this scripture rather interesting. In Mark chapter 6, well, I find lots of it interesting. But I believe what the Lord's telling us is he's going to help us change our mind. Now, unless any of you woke up this morning and say, well, when I got born again, I got the mind of Christ, and it's been that way ever since. And while that may true, be true scripturally, I haven't seen most folks walk in that yet. So if you haven't walked in the pureness of the mind of Christ, he's going to change your mind. He's going to change how you think and what you think. He's going to change that. How does he do it? with the power of God, and we're not moved in any way, shape, or form. Praise the Lord. We're not moved. In Mark chapter 6, it's a very interesting thing happens. We have the story here of John the Baptist losing his head on a, 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 through lies. It's a terrible thing. Through lies. And so... When the disciples find out what's happened at the end of the chapter, well, we'll start around uh, verse 26. It says, the king was exceeding sorry, yet for his own sake and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. Immediately, verse 27, the king set for an executioner and commanded his head to be brought, and he went and he beheaded him in the prison. And we think, well, where's, where's God's plan in this? I thought John was going to be here for, for all the way to the cross. Where was the plan? John had fulfilled his call. He was there to prepare the way. He didn't say he'd be in the way, and he didn't say he'd stay all the way. <laughs> Amen? Verse 28 said he brought his head in a charger, gave it to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. When the disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb and parked there for the rest of their life because of the deep wound of grief and sorrow that overcame them and took them and 
caused them to never proceed with Jesus from that moment on because death of a friend is devastating. That's not what it says. But the truth is, death of a friend can cause you to park your car. Don't park here. Amen? Jesus knew they needed healing to be able to move forward. Verse 31, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Sometimes when we go through difficulties, we miss that part. Now, it doesn't have to take long to rest, but you do need to come apart to Jesus, not your friends that are going to agree with your sorrow, not your friends who are going to agree and get in the dirt with your disease and your pain and your wound and, and the nastiness. It's not going to help you. You have to come apart to Jesus. And he says, for there were many coming and going, and they had no much, so no leisure. They, could, they couldn't even have a dinner without somebody, you know, uh, beeping their phone, and five text messages, and three on WhatsApp, and then, you know, signal goes off, and then, of course, there was the media that they were supposed to post that day. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately, or so they thought. I like that. That's my addition. It doesn't actually say that, but I think sometimes it's what we think. Verse thirty-three. Watch this. And the people saw them departing, and many knew. We know who those. There they go. There they go. And they ran a foot thither, out of all cities, and outwent them. Isn't that amazing? They got there before they did. The people went, we know where they're going. We know where they're going. And a lot of times, we see this situation in the world. They want to tell Christians, hey, where to go, not in the impolite way. But they think that they have a right to tell us where our destination is. And then they want to talk to us about our destination, how we should arrive there, what we should live like, and how they're the judge of our life, but don't you judge them back. Hmm? All those Christians. <laughs> And sometimes they get to the place we're supposed to be before we get there because we're like, well, I don't know. Hmm? I want to change your thinking. Do you think Jesus knew they would outrun them? Just getting you to think different. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people who was moved con with compassion and continued to do what he always does because he wasn't moved, because he knew the plan. Because he knew what was coming. He wasn't moved. He didn't have to go, hang on, Father. I better get a strength reload. Hang on. I better uh, listen to Pastor Jason's message on faith and righteousness because I need a rework. No, those things are true. And yes, they're good for our building up. And yes, we want to hear them. And we need to hear them more than once. Pastor Ann's not with us right now. She's with the children. But she's with children every day of the week. And I can tell you as a kindergarten teacher, she has to repeat things more than once. I can tell you as a parent and a grandparent, I've had to uh, teach my children more than once and say that, you know, pick up your clothes. And that didn't stop after they were five. No, 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 no. Repetition feels good for us who are giving it. 
<laughs> not always on the receiving end, right? <laughs> but it doesn't work. And faith comes by hearing. And we need to hear it and hear it and hear it. That we're never alone. And that coming apart. But I think about these people running. Out, out, out running. All the disciples. Out running. We know where they're going. We know another, and 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 I've thought so much about what the things that God has been sharing with us, the things that God has prepared for us, the the plans that He has, the prophecies that have gone forth about revival, the things that He's talked about His glory being manifest, and I'm thinking, are we running there yet? Are we getting up out of our chairs and saying, "That's it, I'm off the couch now." Am I going to outrun to, I know where Jesus is going with this. Have we come to the place where, I know where, I know where this is going. They said there was revival, come to Canada. I'm going to be in, in church. I'm going to get, wait, I better get my Bible out. I, I can't even remember three verses anymore. Are we going to run to where Jesus is? Or are we going to wait and go, oh, there goes the ark. Should have gone on. Good morning, everybody. Let's go to some nice verses. Praise the Lord. Was that nice? Let's go to 1 John. I like 1 John. Well, I like it all. But we're going to have fun, and we're going to be built up, and we're going to be strong, and we're going to uh, get ready for the next wind, you know, where there's a wind in our sails, but it is not the wind of terror. It is not the wind of bad things. It is not the wind of, oh, my goodness, I don't have enough to get me through. You always did, and you always will. And your foundation was already there, and it's already laid. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting breathing in a chair. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm, I, I was ready. I'm not sure everybody else was today. Amen. You have a foundation of Jesus Christ. Amen. The trouble is we know little of his voice and more of the voice of the devil. It is more familiar to most of us. The voice of the devil in the flesh is more familiar than the voice of God. But we're, we're believing that that will change. Amen. First John chapter 2 verse 12. I write unto you little children. I always thought that, you know, the first times you read that, you think, oh, is he written? Is this Sunday school? No. Kind of. <laughs> all at the same time all at the same time because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake well that's pretty basic mm -hmm. so why are you living like they're not just questions I've got questions well what do you mean pastor well, if you keep bringing up yesterday and all the things you did wrong and you're still like working around that experience that stings, careful now, don't touch that wound. I might fall again. Why are we living like sin has power over us today when we repented for it? If you've been forgiven, believe it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's funny, when we were singing that song this morning about you are the only king, I started thinking, well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, uh, he's the only true king of kings with a capital K, yeah. but we're kings and priests. Right. And I thought, hmm, interesting. <laughs> so I'm not putting down the song. I just, I, I just started thinking, you know, this is wonderful that we begin to think like kings and priests. We could make small adjustments. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we want to always lift up the banner of victory. Amen. He says, I write unto you, little children, children forget things. Adults forget things. 
some people forget their phones, which isn't a bad idea altogether. Because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. Because your sins are forgiven. Because your sins are forgiven. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, watch this. Because you've overcome, I write unto you. You've overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you've known the father. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him that is from the beginning. I've, and I've written unto you, young men, because, watch this, you are strong and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome. Where does our strength come from? Absolutely, it comes from the Lord. And you could see right here such an answer of strength, because the word was abiding in them. It was a lifestyle. It wasn't a go and get me a, a little nice plaque for my wall and stick it up there so that every time I walked under, through the door, I'd remember it, and then I'd memorize it, hopefully, and perhaps when I'm old, I'll, I'll go back to it because if you train him up a child in the way he should go through the door, then later on when he's an adult, he'll go through a door and remember that scripture. No. The word of God abiding is a lifestyle. It changes how we think. It changes how we act. It's not a one-shot deal. And when the strength comes that way from the word rather than from the world, we will begin to see things from the word's perspective rather than the world. Make sense? So we have to have that word abiding, becoming a lifestyle, allowing it to change how we think and how we view things. Can it happen? Absolutely. I've not always thought the way I think today. Has it been a progression? Yes. Could have it happened faster if I'd let it? Truth. I had to face the place where lies were bigger than God's truth. Now, you think, Pastor, you believed lies? Yes, and so have all of you. Otherwise, the very first verse that I read, let, let's see, let, what did it say again? Because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. Because we're still not living in the power of the blood of Jesus. When we really believe that the power of of the blood of Jesus will wash us from sins. When we really believe it, that voice, that yesterday voice, that fake lion voice loses power, loses weight. I am not a sinner saved by grace. I was, I am now a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm going to think like a new creature. New creatures don't think like the old one. All things were made new. All things. Now, when the word became an abiding force in my life, it's like it opened up one day like somebody threw a light switch on. And I can't explain it any other way. But it was several years ago, uh, 1988. I was reading my Bible. And I mean, I've been reading a Bible. I started to read King James Version when I was about five or six years old and memorized it in Sunday school. By the time I was in grade two, I could read uh, the Bible quite fluently. And so I just always thought it was the truth, sort of, but I didn't know how to have it become a part of my life. And so one day I'm, I'm reading it, and, and I can't tell you, but it's like the words got bigger on the page. I, I, how can you explain that? They certainly didn't in the natural realm. The, the words are still the same size as they always were. But somehow when I was reading it, it was like, oh, oh, 
Now, I was born again, and I had the Holy Spirit working in my life. I had surrendered to the Lord, what I thought. But there was this place where it opened up, and it became a reality. That's what we as pastors and teachers of this church, we are believing for every one of you to come to the place where the word of God opens up like that and you grab a hold of it for your life. That's where strength comes out of that. Am I a strong person? Sort of. But I'm really strong in Jesus Christ. Really strong in that. When his word becomes that place where it comes first. Now, there's places in my life where sometimes it takes a little like, oops, hang on, hang on, whoop, you know, readjust. What's the word say? Settle. But it certainly happens quicker today than it did 10 years ago. And any of you can get it quicker because you're hearing it. Amen. So this wonderful strength, because you are strong, the word of God abides in you. Abiding is such a great, great word. And actually, Pastor Neil uh, preached on abiding, I think, about three months ago. Is that about right? Something like that. Wonderful sermon. Go look for it. I'm sure the girls will help you find it. Sometimes when we hear things, we go, well, that's it. I got that message. I've gone back. I've listened to messages. I've heard years ago, and then brought them up again and thought, oh, was that in there? Ever read a book like that? Was that always in there? I can tell you, even from Psalm 23, how many times have I read that, heard that, heard it at a funeral, heard it at a wedding, heard it, I have heard it in church, I memorized it, it's been on plaques, wallpapers, posters, you name it. And to this day, I can get revelation on Psalm 23. Psalm 23, familiar song. And it can work in me. And it can work in you. And those things can happen. Amen? Amen. So we want these things to come alongside of what we do. When the word begins to abide in you, you'll talk about it without being forced about it. I don't have to to work at making a confession, but confessions aren't bad. Confessions can help me get there, but we don't park in a confession. I confess because it's in my heart. I confess the Lord Jesus not under pressure, not under emotional obligation. I confess the Lord Jesus because I believed him, just simple. It seemed right to me. It seemed the truth, and so I confessed him. Nobody had to make me. Well, here, well, can't say. It wasn't like that. Nobody forced me into salvation. Amen? I believed it, and it was a good choice. It was a great choice. Sometimes when we're moving in confession, confession will help our ears to hear the word of God. And since faith comes by hearing, then we're going to believe what our mouth says before anybody else's mouth. That's just how it works. That's why when you speak negatively and why you speak, this will never happen to me when no one else has, you believe that what your mouth said more than anybody else's mouth. You're walking around, I'm just so unworthy. I don't know why God's using me. I don't know why this. I don't know why that. And your ears hear what your mouth says, and it believes it because they're attached to each other. Makes sense, right? And somebody can come along, that's not the truth. Oh, don't say that about yourself. That's not. And they try to encourage you. Oh, don't get stuck in that. That's a, that's a terrible valley. There's full of, you know, there's snakes down there. And, and, and you're like, but you don't know what I know about myself. I don't want to know what that is. I'll tell you what the word says. Amen? Don't get in there. 
But you see, your ears heard what your mouth said, and they're in your body. So when you say, I believe Jesus will help me, your ears heard that too. I believe Jesus will help me get out of this mess. Guess what your ears heard? This is why we have to use our mouth and why all these things, and this why, I mean, there were some things about masks that are probably not so bad, but there's things about it that are very bad. One, we couldn't see people smile. Two, we got used to not speaking clearly. And people couldn't hear, and our own ears couldn't hear. More people just walk around quiet. No one said they had to stop talking because they put a mask on, but they did. Hmm. If they have a hearing impairment, it's almost impossible for them. There were so many things that have caused problems that we didn't recognize were problems. We looked at the mask and thought it was the problem. It wasn't the problem. There were other things that caused damage. And now there's part and there's healing, and we have to hear the healing part. Because God's got a job for us. We're in this time where he wants to move and get us in that next place. He's, he's given us strength. He's given us a great foundation, not so we can run around in it and throw you know, balloons in the air, although that's not a bad idea. And we can have clappers and have, you know, yay, we're on the other side. But we're on, why are we on the other side? Why are you born again? Why didn't you just go to heaven, get it over with? You know, yay, I got saved. Bye. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yay, the pandemic's over. Bye. You know. Yeah. Oh, but it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen. Amen. Don't get in and don't, don't agree with the devil. Don't agree about disease. We're not going to agree with disease. All disease is under the name of Jesus. And we get, oh, but Pastor, you better not say that. Oh, yes, I will. Is cancer under the name of Jesus? Yes. Nobody has trouble with that. The virus under the name of Jesus? Of course it is. Of course it is. What happened? We started speaking the lies and agreeing with them. And without even knowing it, you see all these things. The devil's tricky. He, we didn't recognize it was a lie. Remember what I said in the beginning about lies? Mm. We believed the, that what the government said was bigger than what the word said. And now anytime we challenge it, people go, and you know, you think they're seven, you know, leaving for space shortly. I don't know what that is. Let's speak the word. Don't stop speaking the word. Even when you feel fear, keep speaking the word of God. Amen. Amen. Let's look at 2 Peter because we want to get these things going in the right way. Praise the Lord. For, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1. According to the very weak power of God, that he can't and he has to barely get along. And somehow, somehow at the end of the road, when the devil's devastatedly done destruction in everything we can see with our natural eyes, God will come through like the end, like Superman and save the world. No, that's not how it goes. Oh, my word. And he's given it to us. Well, isn't that just special? According, verse 3, as his divine power has given unto us all things, all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He didn't give us disease. 
He gave us the answer for disease. Hmm. Hallelujah. He gave us righteousness so we didn't have to wonder whether we're worthy or not. Don't stay in wonderland. Amen? Alice doesn't live there anymore. <laughs> Amen? Come on out and enjoy life. And a life in godliness. That doesn't mean that you won't ever have a ruffle and the wind will blow. But it means when it blows, you'll still be the tree unmoved. And maybe your leaves will kind of go like this in the wind, but that'll be okay. Because you had the foundation and you went, what? Mm. Kind of, it's the wind blew the dust off a little bit. And so that's good. Amen. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. That's when we died. Nope. What would be the point, I ask you, what would be the point of having the presence of God in heaven when it's everywhere? I told you I had questions. God's got glory for us on the earth. That's what John 17 prayer is all about. The glory I gave them so that you gave me, I've given them. Why? Not for heaven. Heaven's full of it. It's for here. The glory of God and his presence is for here and now. Now. Right here. Right here. Right here. It's for me. Can you say that today? Whew. Wow, you feel, see, he can change our thinking. What was I doing under that mess? I don't know. But you don't have to know why. You just have to, like, let the wind blow the dust off. Amen. So he's called us to glory and virtue. And I think there's a lot of virtue missing. What is virtue? It's not virtue singling. <laughs> it's not that part. It's not like saying stuff so people will like you. Because if we did that, we could stop now and just go home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's not the, it, it's the good things that where he builds his character in you. And it's not a struggle anymore. You're not trying to be patient. You're not trying to be long-suffering. You're not trying to be joyful. When the virtue of God moves in your life, it springs up. Amen. It springs up. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, not just like looking at it from the outside, living it, living it, living it, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, everybody, when we say lust, they think sex. That's, you know, lust equals sex. No, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. it's the lures, it's the bait, it's the things of this world that kind of draw us in and believe lies. So there's this strength that the world has because we don't recognize that that voice is actually dragging us over here just a little bit to verify what we learned in church. We don't verify the word of God by what unbelievers think. Mm. We don't verify the word of God by what unbelievers think. When you're a partaker of that divine nature, something begins to happen inside and you go, you know that place inside where you go, this is right. This is right. And it's good. Whoa, this is right. And so this is, this is right. I remember the day when I got John 10, 10. Finally, I listened to a preacher preach on it for four months. Four months every Sunday he brought up the same scripture. Four months. Four months. Life abundant. He's calling me to life abundant, life abundant. I listened to it for four months. And I thought, I'm a good receiver. Apparently not. It took four months. Eventually, I got there. 
that God was calling me to life abundant. I looked at him, oh, I don't know, sure. Mm -mm -mm. Right? <laughs> Exceeding great and precious promises are not just enough to get you by. I read something this week is, and somebody I'm working with and, and they, you know, and praise the Lord, they started going to church again. All those good things that you're blessed by. They said, oh, now, you know, our church hasn't asked for money for weeks, maybe months. Our church doesn't ask for money. And all these people got in agreement with it. I thought, mm-hmm. And this is what I know. I, I know things are really hard. Pastor, can you, can you help me out? No, they don't go to our church. They're from somewhere else. And I thought to myself, mm. We don't ask for money here, actually. We don't ask for money at Celebration Life. We're not asking for your money. The tithe is holy. We open the door for you to obey and return to the Lord what is his. And we'll receive it, pray for it, and agree with you. We're not asking for your money. Mm -mm. Putting a shame box at the back of your church. Are you embarrassed that the holy, oh, tithe is holy. It belongs to God. And we don't want to touch it. We want to honor it. It's about honoring God. And we forgot about that. No, the box of shame at the back of the church. We won't look. Well, Jesus looked. Hmm. We're not ashamed of any part of the gospel. My husband and we were talking about this the other day about the selfishness to hold it to yourself. That's all right. We just need enough to get by on ourselves. You know? Yeah, absolutely. How can we help anybody else if we only have enough for us? We can't. We can't. And it's really, he, he says, it's really greed. Yeah, yeah, it is. So these, we've been given exceeding great and precious promises. And when money doesn't have you, you can give it away freely, and it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Here, God, wants more? I know you'll do with it. I, I trust him with money. It's not mine anyway. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Exceeding great and pro, um, precious promises. And then he goes on this great list, and he says, having escaped the corruption, we get to escape all the mess in the world. Don't, I mean, everybody going, I wish I could get out of this mess. Hmm? Right? I've heard this. Oh, if we could just get out. If we could just get out. There is an escape door. It's right here. You're going to have to leave the world. He's made a path. It's an exceeding great and precious promise. You didn't like the look of the door, though. <laughs> look at this door. Diligence. Faith, virtue, knowledge, knowledge of God, not of you, knowledge of not man, but God, knowledge of the word of God, knowledge, temperance. Oh, you have to be patient. We didn't like that anyway. Uh, temperance, that, that even place. Temperance. Now, I, I, I admit that I may not appear to have temperance, but I actually do. <laughs> I don't freak out. And patience is different than not freaking out. And godliness. Well, that lets some of those people in the back row, those people always sit in the back row, we know they're hiding from God. That's not the truth here. And, 
<laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> you know, when we were young, it, it's so funny. You go young, go to church. All the, all the, all the drinkers who smoked and drank the, the Saturday night before were always in the back row at church thinking no one could smell them. <laughs> no, we smelled them. <laughs> and then the Salvation Army, when the altar call came, we went fishing for those people in the back row. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, we, we see you. We smell you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, sometimes temperance is referred to as not the not drinking crowd, but there's more to it than that. Amen. To godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, charity, and that's the God-giving kind of love. Amen. For if these things be in you and abound, what is going to happen here? They make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in your finances. That's not what it says. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. People, we need to walk in strength. And this is the door for strength. When we are walking and have yielded and God is working and he's changing how we think. He's changing how we live. He's changing our, even our perception of the world. Because once you get on this side, you go, I understand. You'll be more compassionate. You'll understand them. And, and then you're able to walk. And in this, you the door of the knowledge that everybody's been seeking, people looking for knowledge all over the Internet, not finding it, this is where you find it. The increase of knowledge, the increase of God and who he is will come to you. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And this is what we see all the time in, in verse 9. But he that lacks these things is blind. And cannot see, now get ready, cannot see afar off that he was forgotten that what? That he was purged from his own sins. So much of our parking as Christians, as people, is that key right where we started. I like to do circles. You'll find that if you listen to me long enough, I'll start somewhere and come back there. <laughs> That forgiveness and understanding the power of forgiveness, understanding the work of the blood of Jesus is so key to everything. How can you be a believer for 30 years and forget? Because we're people. The pressures of life, the things of life. Oh, you flipped the finger at somebody and now, you know, you're repenting five times before you think that you could ever pray for someone. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. He says, has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. And it's like a coat that people wear. You know, you're not selling a watch, but that's where I've been, man. That's where I've been. I've got the scars of it. Actually, uh, there is a scar there. That's uh, a curling iron scar. <laughs> There's, and that, that's an iron scar there reached around the iron I have some scars from life I have a new scar <laughs> that wasn't a pleasant one that was a nice little burn on a motorcycle sitting there in the wrong place with the mufflers hot don't do it that's the lesson there purge from old sins it's why we get to a place where we can't move forward we say well pastor I, I know I'm forgiven do you what lie have you been perpetrating with your own mouth? What lie are you continuing to speak? I can't do this because. 
How could I ever lead this? How could I pray for myself? I will never. All there in the little coat that you wear of your old sins. Jesus isn't doing it. But the devil sure will. And all the devil's got is you to speak his words. Because he can't do it. He doesn't have a voice. He only has yours. He needs someone to speak through. And I think it's time we stopped agreeing with him. Don't forget. Pull him back. Pull him back. Get back up. Where's your first love gone? These are wonderful things. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you won't fall. You see, parking at the place of unforgiven sins or forgotten that they were purged sins. Parking there. Parking there. I can't go beyond it. You don't know what I've been through. How will I ever remove this? You don't know what's happened to me. We have whole nations hung there, parked in war over those places because they cannot forgive what another nation has done to them. It's powerful. Make your calling and election sure. Choose. It's up to you what you choose to speak with your mouth, what you choose to believe, what you are going to walk with. There's great strength in letting go of what God has let go and paid for, what he's forgiven you of. Great strength is found there. Verse 11, look what happens. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into an everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus. And I'll be not negligent. I'm not going to be negligent to remind you to let what's forgiven and washed in the blood to be let go in your life. Some days it's hard. That's the truth. Some days you look in the mirror and you think, my Lord, everybody else forgave me. But can I forgive myself? I think that's the biggest one. You'll know God forgave you. You'll get that part. Your friends might even say, you know what, I forgive you. But when you're just in that place and you're putting your head down at bedtime, you think, I don't know if I can. Jesus did, and that's how we can. It's time. I think we'd, if we could reach and see the people in the word of God who have moved past. How did David move past? Killing someone. And committing adultery. How did he do that? How did Peter after denying Jesus. Get up and lead the church? Hmm? They're good questions. But I think this part especially. When Jesus saw that they were fishing all night. And he says go back out. And, and Peter's like. We fished all night. No fish. <laughs> And sometimes God will say that to you. It's time for you to get back up. I put good things inside you. I put what's right inside you. I put my plan inside you. You've got foundation inside you for this time to get up and roll. There are people who need to hear the powerful message of the pure gospel. They need to hear the truth. And it needs to come with those who are ready to roll. And we're ready. God's made us ready. This is a great time to be alive in the earth. But we're still waiting. What was it that Peter did 
that got him through that time. And he says, throw the net on the other side. And Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. At your word, I'll do it. At your word, I'll do it. You see, some of us have been waiting for the at your word. And they've been waiting for kind of the mega voice. All right, I'm speaking to you now. Well, if God said that to me at your word, I'd go on the other side. I'd get up. He gave us his word. And this word is truth. Nevertheless, at your word, we believe it. We decide to. We get up. And it, and it doesn't just apply for spiritual things. Well, when I come to church, at your word, I'll go and pray for somebody. At your word, I'll give a prophecy. Or I'll give a word of exhortation. At your word, Jesus, I'll obey there. But there are places he wants us to work in the at your word so that we are not clouded by things of depression anymore. He's delivering his people from things like depression. These terrible thought patterns that have clogged people's minds in this time. These cycles that have over and over and over and I'm telling you at his word he has given us the mind of Christ and that mind of Christ doesn't have circles that remind you of your past nevertheless at your word I'll let it down nevertheless at your word I'll let it down nevertheless we're not looking for him to speak a strange and awkward word so many times he's spoken. I think I'll pull one more out. I want to encourage you with his word today, how good he is. How good he is. I know, and God knows, some of you get stuck in that place and you're looking for the special word, but it applies to every area so that you can operate your car, so that you can wash your dishes when you're tired, all of those things. In Mark chapter 9, and verse 20, it says, They brought unto him when they saw him a boy. He's it's talking about a little boy. And this boy, he's, he's having a rough go. It tears him. He foams. He gnashes with teeth. He pines. That spoke to your disciples, it said. And so when the disciples bring this boy to Jesus, and as soon as he sees Jesus, he falls on the ground begins to tear him away and, and bad things begin to, to happen. And he says, how long ago since? Now see how Jesus' son moved? Put yourself there in that picture. Boys forming out the mouth, wiggling on the ground. And, and he's throwing a big fit. And Jesus has a little discussion. So how long has this been going on? Interesting. He's not moved by the timing of the lying devil. Hmm? Interesting. And he says of a child, so it had been going on a long time. Why should Jesus be moved? He has a foundation, so he's not moved. He knows the plan. Oft times it cast him in the fire, sometimes to the water to destroy him. Well, obviously it didn't work. 
lots of times we think this is going on. I just, I'm God, I'm just, I'm going from one fiery furnace to the next. And just, uh, uh, there's one circumstance of another. I'm going from fire to water, just like that boy. Mm. Didn't kill him. Didn't. Didn't work. The devil, with everything he tried, with that boy, couldn't kill him. Think different. Think different. Not just that he did a miracle. Think different. The devil threw everything he had at that boy and it didn't work. Yes, he wasn't healed yet, but it didn't work. It didn't work. The devil's plan didn't work. Was it easy for those parents? I don't think so. But it still didn't work. Sometimes people are a long time in healing, waiting. And you're coming to Jesus and you're going, God, I need a miracle. God, I need a miracle. And I'm telling you, everything the devil threw at them didn't work. Think different. Think different. Jesus says, if you can believe all things are possible, straightway the father of the child melts down. Not inhuman. This is real. He cries out with tears, says, Lord, I believe, but what I've seen with my eyes since he was a child is really hard to get past. What I've seen in my life, story after story after story, I can't get past it. If I even told you my story from 2006 to today, you would be, I, I, I was thinking about it, you know, because when you get older, you do that, you think back. From 2006 to today, there has just been all kinds of crazy stuff the devil has thrown at my husband and I. One after another, after another, after another. And I don't think most people would even know. God laid a foundation in our hearts. And it's funny because I didn't even think about it until I started to go, oh, look at that. The devil tried this. He tried that. He tried the other. Oh, my goodness. Look, that's a long list. And none of it worked. None of it worked. And some days, it was hard to believe. Some days, my husband was in pain. Some days, I was in pain. And some days it was hard to believe. But I had the word of God. And it was in my heart. And every time, all the things he's spoken that I stand in today and doing what I could not do by myself. I didn't have the strength in me, but I had the strength in him in me. And it is alive and it's true. And it is something that everyone can see. I want to show you the testimony of the word of God. Hang on, Shalane. I want to show you the testimony of the goodness of our God. Because I believed his word. The Lord told me, spoke to my heart a couple of months ago. And he said to me, this is how to bless your husband. And at that word, I believed. Several years ago, we blessed my motorcycle and bless somebody else with it because I didn't think I'd ever ride again because of what I was dealing with, my own physical body. But nevertheless, at his word, I believed. Amen? Go ahead, Corey.
It's there. Yes. <laughs> Coming. I want you to all come to a place where you be will believe and accept what Jesus will do for you. Amen. I know they're working on it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's nothing like a testimony. I want you to be fired up by the Holy Ghost and know that he is a good God. Amen. You ready? Amen. There it is. Try stopping. Nevertheless, at your word. God wants to change how you think. And he can. This word is true. God promised us, and he gave us a word, that we would have a revival of truth. We're seeing it. People are embracing it. Whatever has been in front of you needs to get behind you. You need to cast off yesterday's coat and step into what God has for you. God has spoken to me so very clearly about those who've been troubled with depression because of the thoughts. More people have been troubled in their minds than I think at any other time historically as I've been a pastor. There's been much of it, much of it. But if he can change my mind, he can change anybody's. And depression is a name. And some of it is clinical, meaning that some of it resolve or is, is as a result of some wrong chemical imbalances. But Jesus healed that. Some of it's because of life's pressure and overwhelming thoughts. And Jesus doesn't want any more torment in that way. You see, the blood of Jesus isn't just so we can have a little banner, I'm born again. The blood of Jesus is there to heal you of those things. He loves us and doesn't want one person tormented. He wants our minds to be able to think straight and have his thoughts more than others. Some people got damaged by trauma and have a difficulty moving past it. I, I can understand. I had a very bad motorcycle accident, and I can tell you that sitting on a motorcycle, if it wasn't for his word, I couldn't do it because there were pictures and images of Riding the wrong way. But Jesus changes our thoughts, changes how we think. And Jesus wants to help your minds come to a place where it's free. Where the burden and the weights and the voices of this world lose their authority in your mind. They need to. They need to. God is a great God. One person that I've been ministering to a little bit here and there, an atheist. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know why sometimes they follow you and want to talk to you, but she's reached out. And her question to me was this. How can this God of peace be there 
when there's war-torn countries. You see, the world tries to challenge us at the core of what we talk about and believe. But those war-torn countries haven't received Jesus. They don't know. They're still trying to fight with their human strength. And didn't know they didn't have to. That's what we're here for, to be world changers that walk in that newness of life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are new. Let's be all things and receive that deliverance for our minds. Hope is ready to move into your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.